We're here to work. We're here to try to improve our football team. I think that's what they're here to do, and hopefully we do it the right way. I, you know, I was proud of the way our team competed last week and did the right things, and I expect the same thing today. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. There you go. You hear head coach Josh McDaniels. That was earlier this morning before joint practice number one got underway with the Rams as the Raiders are in L.A. They've been in L.A. since Sunday, and they're ready for the joint practices. They had it already. The practices got wrapped up. Of course, they have joint practice number two coming up tomorrow, and then on Saturday will be the game, preseason game number two. And I'll tell you right now, man, training camp is rolling along full steam ahead. Before you know it, it'll be the first week of the regular season. We'll be talking about the Denver Broncos. And then we'll be talking about the Buffalo Bills. And then we'll be talking about the home opener, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'll just go ahead and give you a little bit of a nugget, a little bit of a tease. We have something real special here on Radio Nation Radio 920 ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers home opener for the 2023 season. So I'll just go ahead and let you know that right now. You'll hear more about it later on. Not today, but a little bit later on. But just kind of a little bit of a tease, something to put in your notes in the back of your head that we do have something prepared for the Raiders-Pittsburgh Steelers game, which is the very first home game for 2023 but man I'll tell you as long as it seems like it took to get here as far as training camp goes now all of a sudden you're looking up you're heading into week two of the of the preseason schedule and then you have one more uh, game and then boom the, the roster gets cut down and like I said then you're on to week one of the regular season it flies by when they say it's fly time flies by it absolutely does so uh, excited for another opportunity to talk some Raider football with you and we got a lot coming up on today's show. Very excited about that. I know JT is on his way to L.A. He'll be there. He'll be some of our eyes and ears uh, on the scene for the next couple days. Of course, Vinny Bonsignor has been down there since at least yesterday. I mean, he's, he's definitely going to be Johnny on the spot, and you'll actually hear from him uh, today on the show. But coming up on the show, as we're excited about what we have, the, the show we put together for you, Vinny Bonsignor will lead us off at 2.30. He'll get his best Ricky Henderson impression on for us. Uh, he'll lead us off and tell us what he saw in practice from what I've heard. And what I've read, it wasn't one of the best Raider practices that they've had so far. It wasn't one of the better ones. And you know what? That's okay. I actually am glad that they're having a practice that almost seems like not, not back to normal, but one that's not just one that we're, we're ranting and raving about. Like, man, that was a great, fantastic practice. Because they know that there's still a lot of work to do. If all of a sudden they start putting together great practice after great practice after great practice, you might look up and they think that, all right, they've made it. They've arrived. No, I mean, you still got work to do. You got to try to put in your best product and press work each and every time you get out there on the grass, whether it's practice or a game. So to hear that it was a little bit slower of practice, it wasn't as crisp as they would like it to be, that's okay. Now they have something to build on. Now they have something to say, okay, that wasn't our best work. Let's get back into the lab and make sure that we make it happen. So uh, that's coming up. Uh, that's, that's, that's what today was really all about. But we'll talk with Vinny coming up at 2.30 as he'll uh, tell us all about that. And of course, the big news of the day, Tyree Wilson activated off the NFI list and was out there doing some individual work, not team drills. But for everybody who said that he wouldn't be out there, he was nowhere close to coming back, well, obviously he's close to coming back. And being out there and being activated and off the NFI list to me, was a really big deal. Of course, we'll talk a lot more about Tyree Wilson later on in the show. And also, 
The other big surprise that I had today uh, was when I saw that Devontae Adams was good to go, according to head coach Josh McDaniels. Good to go for practice. Saw him on Sunday, had a sleeve on his leg. He was walking around Allegiant Stadium, so I felt pretty confident uh, after having that little injury that he had, that little injury scare on Friday last week against uh, the 49ers in joint practice number two. Uh, Everybody said that it was really not too bad. Uh, It was a bang-bang play, and he was going to be okay. And so, obviously, with him being out there at practice today, He's, uh, he's okay. So that's obviously a good sign of, uh, of some things to come as well. So Vinny Boston York will get us caught up on everything going on in L.A. with joint practice number one versus the Rams. Then coming up at 3 o'clock, I'm so intrigued by this. I really, I really do enjoy the Little League World Series. I love baseball anyway, but watching the Little League World Series, I, uh, I just think back to when I played Little League baseball and when I made the All-Star team and, you know, just all that all – that, fun that you had as a kid when you're out there with you know your fellow teammates and and even if it's not your team if it's an all-star teams like setting and you're out there and you're competing for something it's just so much fun so the little league world series is going on right now and uh henderson nevada is actually down three to one versus rhode island but uh they uh they they got a they are did they just lose nope they just lost (laughs) as i said that they had a guy on base they did. They had a guy on base, and so I thought that, uh, that they were going to have an opportunity to, to tie this game up, but they only were able to come up with three hits on the day, and uh, they scored the one run on a home run. And Rhode Island, believe it or not, only got one hit today. One hit, and they scored three runs. So Rhode Island, uh, they win over Henderson, but coming up at 3 o'clock, regardless, win, lose, whatever, it's the experience that matters and the fact that I know those guys had a whole lot of fun, and they ran into a buzzsaw from a pitcher uh, from Rhode Island. He was just amazing. Had a no-hitter going for the longest. Uh, Jessica Mendoza from ESPN. She does um, Major League Baseball, Sunday Night Baseball. She does uh, softball, covers it, played softball professionally. I mean, she is she is all about it when it comes to baseball, softball, whatever the case may be. She'll join us. She was on the call for the game. So she'll call it, join us at 3 o'clock just to talk about what she saw, uh, what she saw in Henderson, what the Little League World Series is all about. And, you know, when you have a team from your local area representing, man, you got to show them some love. So when or lose it really doesn't matter it's all about you know the, the, the kids going out there participating and being in a setting that everyone can't get to that is the little league world series so jessica mendoza from espn she'll join us coming up at three o'clock 3 30 travis rogers rams pre and post game show 7 10 espn he'll join us uh, to talk about the rams side of things it's the raiders joint practice with the rams day one was today uh we'll talk about the rams we had uh, my guy jake ellenbogen on yesterday giving us a little bit of a preview of the rams well travis rogers will talk to us about what he saw from the rams what he's hearing from the rams as they had their practice today with the silver and black that'll come up at 3 30 and at four o'clock paloma villacana fox 5 news she joins us each and every wednesday to talk about the aces whoa boy <laughs> Whoa, boy, when you look at the Aces and what uh, happened to them last night at Michelob Ultra Arena against the New York Liberty, they are starting to be a problem. Looks like the Liberty are starting to be a problem. That's back-to-back games that the Aces have played against the Liberty and have gotten blown out. So, uh, yeah, the Liberty uh, had their way with the Aces last night, really pulled away in the, in the second half and didn't look back, and so uh, that could be a problem. But, hey, no fear. They play again on Thursday, so they'll get an opportunity to – you know, to kind of even the score, we'll see what happens. But the Aces lose the Commissioner Cup, and uh, the Liberty win that, so that was a big deal for them. So Paloma will join us to talk about that. And of course, UNLV football, not to mention she was in attendance on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium for the Raiders game as well. She was out in the parking lot with all the tailgaters, so we'll get uh, her thoughts on her experience 
coming up at 4 o'clock. So as you can tell, we have a very loaded show. Vinny Bonsignor joins us at 2.30. Jessica Mendoza from ESPN at 3. Travis Rogers from 710 ESPN. Uh, also the pre- and the post-game show for the Rams at 3.30. And Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports coming up at 4 o'clock. 4.30, Ari will have reason or excuse. It's the last week of the Lotus Summer Fun, so we have multiple times for you to win coming up on the show as well. And you know we always want to hear from you at 702 365 9200, the don't be broke.com text sign at 69187, keyword RR. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Pata Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. And before we get into any topic that I want to bring to the table, I wanted to address a text that we already got on the don'tbebroke.com text line. I do appreciate the feedback early and often at 69187 keyword r This one comes from Raider C out of the Valley Joe. That's Vallejo, California. It says, Mr. Q Myers, newest rumor, Chris Jones from the Chiefs traded to the Raiders, Josh Jacobs, to the Chiefs, and uh, that's the text. So, Raider C, thank you so much for that that uh, text. I do appreciate you. Like I said, I appreciate the feedback early and often here on the show. And I'll tell you right now, I've seen people float that out there and say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I would find that to be the furthest thing from the truth. I would find that to be the most unbelievable transaction for both teams. I don't think the Chiefs have any interest in helping out the Raiders. Letting the Raiders acquire a guy like Chris Jones and what he brings to the table from the interior part of the the defensive line, knowing what the Raiders' weakness is, is the interior part of the defensive line. I don't think the Chiefs have any interest in assisting the Raiders going up against their Patrick Mahomes a couple times a, a year. I don't have any thought at all on that. I don't even entertain that. And the Raiders have no interest on Josh Jacobs going to the Chiefs either. I don't know who started that rumor. But I'm pretty sure that whoever did is the furthest thing from connected to anything. So uh, Raider C, I wouldn't look into that at all. Like I said, I have no idea who, uh, who started that. But uh, nowadays, anyone could put something out on Twitter and hope that it goes. If you have enough followers, I guess, uh, you know, sometimes it'll, it'll, it'll make people believe that that's something real. But uh, I'm very confident that that is nothing even close to to the truth so there's that but let's get back to the conversation let's get into the opening drive and since Tyree Wilson was activated and our very own Vinny Bonsignor had it out there before Shefty before Ian Rappaport before Tom Pelissero Vinny Bonsignor he'll join us in a few minutes he put it out there that Tyree Wilson is coming off the NFI list and he's uh he's going to be cleared to practice and that's exactly what he did today so with that being said a lot of people were you know it's kind of antsy excited to see what he was going to bring to the table, but were nervous because, well, he hadn't been cleared to practice yet, so they just didn't know. Starting to question if that was a good pick. I had someone on my podcast last night say, well, Q, thinking back at it now, um, you know, maybe the Raiders should have got Jalen Carter. Tyree Wilson's not, not healthy. And I was like, eh, it's too early for all that, right? The guy hasn't even got out on the grass yet. Let him get out on the grass. Uh, the Raiders said that he's going to come back sooner rather than later, and I didn't have any idea that he was going to be activated today. But literally, I read that text last night on my podcast, and then today, Tyree Wilson is out there on the grass. So, with the news of the day, Tyree Wilson off the NFI list, clear to practice, what are your expectations and desires? That's probably the word, the big D word, desires for the first-round pick for the silver and black. Again, what are your expectations now that he's been cleared? And what are your desires for Tyree Wilson now that he 
could go out there and practice. Again, he didn't practice in uh, a team capacity. He did individual drills, which is the first step. I heard Josh McDaniel say earlier this morning that, you know, they were going to get him uh, put into the mix uh, slowly and carefully, right, just to bring him along slowly, and that's okay. But just knowing that he's out there, obviously that's a big sigh of relief as far as I'm concerned, right? I I figured he was going to get out there sooner rather than later, but until you actually see him out there, you really don't know. So just, uh, like I said, glad to see number nine. It's going to be funny seeing number nine out there. But I do want to hear from you. What are your expectations and desires for Tyree Wilson, the Raiders' number one, number one overall pick, well, number seven overall first-round pick in this past draft? Let us know about it, 702-365-9200, and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r Let's go out to, well, Henderson, right? Henderson, I just told you that they were playing in the Little League World Series. Now my man Sean is chiming in on the show. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. Sean, how you doing? Thank you. Thanks for all you do, giving us all the insight. Um, gosh, my uh, – my desire, expectation for Tyree Wilson is just to get some heat. You know, we're in such a tough division, great quarterbacks. Our defense is going to take a step forward. They need some pressure. We need him to live up to expectations. Six, seven sacks, um, just be out there. I think that makes a huge difference for us. But real quick to that Chris Jones thing, I would give them Josh Jacobs. I'd give them a second-round pick. I mean, that would be such a one-sided deal. Pressure like that up the middle, that'd be fantastic. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Sean. Appreciate the call. And, yeah, that's the thing about it. Like, it would take more than Josh Jacobs to get Chris Jones. Josh Jacobs doesn't have a contract right now, so first he'd have to sign his contract uh, to be able to be traded. But a lot of times when you see a franchise player get traded like Devontae Adams did, he didn't sign it until the Raiders were about to make that trade for him last last year as well. So, I mean, I, I could see that, but you're right. That would be such a, a lopsided uh, trade. That's why, I, uh, like I said, I don't know who put that rumor out there, but I know that it was somebody that wasn't worth the salt. And I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but that's just someone just throwing something against the wall and hoping it sticks. There's no, and that's what we, we don't do that around here. Like, I'm not going to just though have reckless speculation out there. I'll answer a question if you ask, just like, you know, Raider C in, in, in the Valley Joe in Vallejo, California said, that's fine. You ask a question, I'll answer it. But I don't want anyone to get up in arms and be like, oh, man, this, I think this is something that's going to happen. No, no, no. <laughs> there's no desire from their side of things, and there's no side from the Raiders' side of things to make some kind of swap like that. Not to mention you've got to pay Chris Jones a whole lot of money, too, because the reason he's not in camp, is because he wants that contract extension. So anyway, I probably spent too much time on that subject already, but that's just, you know, again, when you start off the show with a, a question, I'm definitely going to address it. So there's that. And, uh, yeah, when it comes to Tyree Wilson, six, seven sacks, I, I won't even go that far. I, and I've said this before about Tyree Wilson for the minute that they drafted him. With Max Crosby, and I'm hoping that Chandler Jones has a bounce-back year and plays better than he did having the four-and-a-half sacks he had last year, I'm looking at around four or five sacks from Tyree just to know that, okay, he's getting it. Because I think that they're going to bring him on slowly. I do. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to get full-time action as a guy that just, you know, came into to, uh, you know, camp fully healthy and everything. So I think he's going to be part of a rotational piece. I just want to see the flashes. I just want to see, okay, he's got it. He's figuring it out. He's learning from Max. He's learning from Chandler. He's learning from the guys around him. He's picking up, you know, what they're, what they're talking about from the coach's standpoint. I just want to see – you know, some consistency with, like I said, understanding where you can see, okay, hey, there was a, a, a really good pressure right there from Tyree. Okay, he comes in on third down, pins his ears back, and has the opportunity to get after the quarterback. Like, stuff like that is what I really want to focus on when it comes to Tyree Wilson. The first step was what he made today. 
as far as I'm concerned. That was the first step, just being able to get onto the field in some kind of capacity. So, Sean, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Let's go back out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's go out to OC, Orange County. John, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? Congratulations, man. On uh, I heard you're going to be coming up to mainstream ESPN, so that's like all that hard work and dedication, man. You hustle your butt off. Congratulations. I'm proud. Uh, you're going to be representing the Raider Nation. Uh, do us proud out there on national uh, radio, man. <laughs> I got but, uh, you. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I, I just had a, a couple questions. Um, I know all these games are for depth and stuff like that. So I, that's how I analyze, I analyze the game, depth, depth games and stuff like that because the twos and threes are playing and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, I know the wideout uh, room is, like, super deep right now with tryouts and everything. I know we usually have four or five guys out there but uh why if if, if, if what well, i think barnes went down yesterday or one of the one of our uh, one of our linemen went out for the year yeah parker um, yeah parker i'm sorry um how does our depth in the on the offensive line look to you um are we deep enough could we get some more guys i know once guys start getting released from other teams you know we start picking up and that's just the way the uh the business works and stuff but how do you how how confident do you feel in the depth in our starting offensive line because we made that train run last year, JJ, mm-hmm. and it be, it's because of them, you know, that, that gave them those 1,600 yards and stuff like that. So I, I just want to know your input. And lastly, do you think uh, there'll be any chance that we'll be seeing Jimmy G and maybe the first O get one series in? Um, I don't want it to be a fluke like last year and, and, and uh, the starting QB not uh, and the whole offensive gen- in general and the White House and, and everything get their timing and everything down. I know that's what practice is for and that's what uh, training is for, but um, I understand that Jimmy G was in, in Mr. McDaniel's uh, offense, but I would like to see them play one series, man. What, what are your thoughts on that? Appreciate it. Go Raiders. All right, thanks for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. Thanks for the congratulations. It means a lot to me, man. And, you know, starting with Jimmy G and, and what I expect from him in game number two against the Rams on Saturday, you know, it really depends on how many reps he gets, not only today but tomorrow, right? And so when Vinny Bonsignor joins us at 2.30, I'll ask him as far as the splits went today. You know, what did Jimmy get? What did Brian get? What did Aiden O'Connell get? Because if – I'll say this. If, if Jimmy gets a ton of reps tomorrow – I wouldn't expect to see him at all on Saturday. Like, I'm already kind of on the fence of he's probably not going to play on Saturday. And I think that what you said is right. I would like to see him out there get at least a series, maybe even two. There's plenty. And I know my man Raider Matt calls in all the time and says, Q, there's really good quarterbacks around the league that play all the time. Why, you know, why can't he play? I, I get it. It's always different coaches and different staffs, philosophies. But if he gets a ton of reps tomorrow, I'm just about guaranteed he won't, he won't play. And I'm hoping – that he splits the reps and really, and I said this on my podcast today as well, that I hope that Jimmy gets some good reps tomorrow. I hope Aiden O'Connell gets a lot of reps and really kind of scale back Brian Hoyer. I don't want to sound like we don't need to see Brian Hoyer out there at all, but we don't really need to see Brian Hoyer out there at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I get who Brian Hoyer is. He, he's not going to all of a sudden get better, and I know that you want to get on the same page with your wide receivers, this, that, and the other. I get that, but Brian Hoyer is who he is. Right? I mean, he's going to see target, try to hit target. Hopefully hit target. If he does, he does. If he doesn't, well, it's Brian Hoyer. Right? His main job is to coach number four up, in my opinion. So that's something that we'll definitely ask Vinny Bonsignor about when he comes up at 2.30. And I'm trying to think, what was the other, th- the other part of the, 
The other part of that, uh, there was three parts there. Oh, the depth. Oh, yeah, thank you. The depth on the offensive line as Ari just kind of made the big O uh, from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We appreciate you, Ari. Yeah, that is the question, man. I didn't think Brandon Parker was going to be in line to be a starter at all. I didn't think he was going to be in line to be a starter last year. But when he went down in that Hall of Fame game and never returned the rest of the season, he was put on IR, all of a sudden the Raiders' offensive line took a, it took a hit as far as the depth goes. Now, the Raiders have a nice little battle going on between Thayer Mudford and Jermaine Illuminor. I think Jermaine Illuminor's best job would be a swing tackle. So I think that that's some good quality depth there. I don't think he wants that. And then we've got to see, you know, Thayer Mufford in year two. Is he able to take that next step? They have some guys, right? I mean, Dalton Wagner they brought in as an undrafted free agent. Uh, of course, they brought in uh, McClendon Curtis as an undrafted free agent. Those are guards. So, I mean, that's, that helps with that part of the, the offensive line. But as far as the tackles, I don't think it's really that deep, right? I mean, I, re- I really don't. And I think Brandon Parker was expected to be a nice addition as far as depth goes. Not, not starter, Right, not a guy that you count on all the time, but quality depth, I do believe. So, yeah, that's that could be a situation, right? And and look, we we, I mean, I cover the NFL. I I love the NFL, so I'm looking at every single team. The Jets are the the bell of the ball, right? Everyone's talking about the Jets, but you know what they're talking about right now? That offensive line stinks. So I don't care if you have a Hall of Fame quarterback and all the weapons in the world. If that offensive line stinks, guess what? Most likely that team's not going to be very good. There's a reason why they're talking about making a trade with the Packers for uh, 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 David Bakhtiari, right? Because he's familiar with Aaron Rodgers. He's comfortable with Aaron Rodgers. And, oh, by the way, he's been proven as a guy that could protect Aaron Rodgers. So they know in New York they got high expectations. Their offensive line is terrible, right? I know they've been making a big deal of, of Robert Sala on hard knocks, and I didn't watch it. I don't watch hard knocks. I only watched it when the Raiders were on it because, well, I had to cover the Raiders, so that's, that's why I watched it. But all on ESPN this morning, Greeny on Get Up and all this other stuff, couldn't stop talking about Robert Sala and how angry he was because the offensive line stunk. And all I could think of is John Gruden when the Raiders were on hard knocks and I need better execution. We need better blanket execution. Like, I was so fired up, Ari, after that episode. I was like, yeah, that's the Chucky that I remember. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. It's about to go down. And then it didn't. <laughs> right? There was never that fire again outside of that episode. I was like, man, this is made for Hollywood. Oh, wait, this is Hollywood. So there's that. But, yeah, man, uh, going back to what you were saying, John, the, the depth for the offensive line definitely takes a hit losing Brandon Parker for the year. Maybe they find someone out there on the waiver wire once uh, all the cutdowns come, but who knows? And maybe someone emerges in camp, but I'll tell you, I think Brandon Parker, being a veteran that he is and him being out for the season, I do believe – that's a hit to, uh, to the depth along that offensive line at the tackle position. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. Let's go down under. Let's go down under, mate, to Australia. Cam. Whoa, Cam. Cam, <laughs> welcome to the show, brother. Hey, how are you, Q? Good to talk to you, bro. You doing well? Yeah, I'm blessed, brother. I'm, bro- I'm blessed. Great news. Hey, uh, just about the question of the day, more expectations for our number seven. Our number one, but number seven overall, Mr. Tyree, is to have a pretty much year like Max did on his debut as a rookie. So I get three or four sacks, bit of pressure, not play all the time, because I think what we need to do with him is just not so much have him in the back burner, but as long as Chandler is having a red hot go at it, he can learn... And almost, not have a red shirt year, but all, like just have a really good year learning, seeing how it all works, and 
just sort of acclimatising to the to the NFL. And then that way it keeps the pressure off him as well from people like myself. <laughs> Good stuff, Cam. Thank you so much, my man. I'll tell you. Well, if you look back at what Max... Quick, can I... Go ahead. I just I missed it. I missed it while I was uh, waiting online. It dropped down a little bit. So what actually happened to Brandon Parker? Um, I'm not exactly sure what the injury was. I just know that it's he's done for the season. Last year it was a peck. I don't remember what Bloody the Bloody hell. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, he did his tricep or something last year as well, didn't he? Yeah, he 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 just if it wasn't for a bad luck, he'd have no luck. Yeah, big time. Poor bugger. <laughs> Yep. What you say, mate? He's a quality deck piece. You know, he's not a champion, right? But he's worth. You know what I mean? He's good to have on the books. Yep, exactly. I'll ask Vinny that question as well if he knows what the clarity was on the injury to Brandon Parker when he joins us next. Oh, beautiful! Thanks, bro. All, All right, right th- mate. You have a ripper day, my man, and uh, I will talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Please do. That's Cam. Whoa, Cam. Cam calling from Australia. Yeah, that's my guy right there. Love hearing from Cam. Definitely appreciate the call, my man. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find out the clarity on the Brandon Parker injury, if there is clarity, uh, when, when Vinny joins us in a couple minutes. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he's on the IR. He's out for the season. So uh, that's just a, that's a hit. Uh, but if you go back, going back to talking about uh, expectations for Tyree Wilson, if you remember Max's rookie year, he got 10 sacks. <laughs> right? I, I look at. At, at Khalil Mack's rookie year with the Raiders where he only got four sacks, and I think that's more realistic for Tyree Wilson because I don't think that he's going to be out there a whole lot. I think he's going to be brought along slowly. I think that Max is going to be a guy that's going to maximize uh, his efforts and time that he's out there. Hopefully Chandler's able to complement him really well, and some of the interior guys that have been brought in can also do that. The Byron Youngs, the Bilal Nichols, and others, right? They have plenty of guys in the interior because st- somebody step up and be a difference maker. That's what I'm hoping. I don't think you need to have Tyree Wilson out there in a full-time capacity immediately. Like, I, I, I look at what he could potentially do this year and say, great, you get four or five sacks this year, then all of a sudden you're healthy and you're, you're, you have the knowledge of the game. You've been learning from Chandler Jones, who is going to go in the Hall of Fame one day with 100-plus sacks. Max Crosby, who wants to go into the Hall of Fame one day, right? I mean, you learn from those guys, and you're, you're, going, you're trending in the right direction. Uh, Lady Raider 559 sent a, tw- a, a tweet in. My expectation for Tyree Wilson is just to help out Max. Make the quarterbacks uncomfortable and disrupt the game. Also, please stay healthy. My desire is for him to be defensive rookie of the year. Lady Raider 559, thank you for that tweet. And I don't know if he's going to be defensive rookie of the year, only because, like I said, I don't expect him to have a 10-sack season. I expect him to have four, four-and-a-half sacks, something around that territory, four or five sacks total for the year I expect and this is just me and maybe because I lean heavily towards defensive backs I expect the defensive back to be defensive rookie of the year I'm looking at uh, Emmanuel Forbes out of Washington I think that he has a good opportunity he's going to come away with some big time interceptions or you know three or four interceptions and that's already putting near in the running I think he's going to have an opportunity uh, I even think Ja'Korian Bennett who's going to be out there a lot if you want to talk about a Raider that could be a defensive rookie of the year Ja'Korian Bennett's going to get a lot of burn so he's going to get a lot of balls thrown his way and if he does, he could make some plays. And if he makes enough plays, just like Tariq Woolen did for Seattle, he came away with five interceptions his rookie year. He was in the mix. It's just that Sauce Gardner was that much better. So I just have a feeling that, that a defensive back is going to win the defensive the player of the year for the rookies. Uh, we'll see. I could be wrong. And if Tyree Wilson wins it, huh, that would be a pleasant surprise. And that means that the Raiders are doing some really good things defensively as far as I'm concerned. Thank you so much for that tweet. I do appreciate you. So, again, 
What are your expectations and desires to see from the number seven overall pick, Tyree Wilson, the Raiders' first round pick, now that he has been activated from the NFI list? 69187 keyword RR. Vinny Bonsignor joins the show next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Until you're playing with great effort with 11 guys on every snap on defense, it's hard to create a lot of turnovers because you're not near the ball enough. So in order for us to close the windows, get to the ball carrier, try to create you know, opportunities for us to disrupt the other team in that regard, you know, you got to play with effort first. So uh, we'll see if we can um, you know, even take a step forward here this week. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Now, we go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila, and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor, by way of L.A., as he is in Southern California for Raiders and Rams joint practices and also preseason game number two coming up on Saturday. He joins us now on the phone lines. And Vinny, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I know you're a busy dude. And before we get into the news that you broke this morning about Tyree Wilson being activated off the NFI list, I wanted to know, did you get some clarity on actually what happened with Brandon Parker, what his injury was that put him on the IR? No, uh, it was some sort of a muscle tear, though, from what I understand. So I don't know. It, it almost sounds similar to what he did, um, you know, to what to what it was last year. So, um, you know, but unfortunate for Brandon. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people sometimes get on, uh, gets on, you know, you know Brandon Parker. Uh, look, when you have a guy as a, as a swing tackle candidate, mm-hmm. as many games as Brandon Parker has, and you know, played reasonably well uh, when 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 he's been in there. Uh, that, those are hard to find. Those types of players are hard to find, which is why the Raiders kept him last year after a season-ending injury. Sometimes, you know, last year the contact too. So, the fact that they kept him here uh, made you understand that that they valued Brandon Parker and the experience that he brings, not as a day-in, day-out starter, but somebody that can give you a lot of coverage, being able to play both tackle positions at a, at a reasonably uh, good level. At this level, those are hard to come by. So, uh, so unfortunately for Brandon, though, it's 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 over before it started again. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I said earlier, if it wasn't for bad luck, he'd have no luck. And so, Vinny, I wanted to ask: is sticking with Brandon Parker and, and him being done for the season, how does that affect the depth of the Raiders' offensive line, particularly at the tackle position? Yeah, um, you know, obviously Thayer Munford. Uh, you got Justin Heron. Who played a, a, a fairly nice game uh, on Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday against the 49ers? You know, obviously Jermaine Illuminar. Uh, there's uh, you know some some rookies that they that they have, um, you know that they that they feel you know have somewhat of a future um, at, at tackle, but might, maybe not right now or, or this year. But those three in particular, you know, figure to be kind of the guys uh, at tackle. Obviously, Colton Miller is a stalwart over yeah. there at left tackle. Um, you know, you're probably going to keep, what, four tackles. And I would think at this point now, uh, Thayer, Jermaine Illuminar, um, Colton Miller, and, and Justin Heron uh, have, a, have a pretty good chance of making all making this roster, and obviously, and obviously and some of those guys are kids. Vinny Boston, yours our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. Vinny's in L.A. We're in the in the Las Vegas area. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We'd like to call it Studio Q. So, Tyree Wilson, you broke the news earlier that he's coming off the NFI list. He was cleared to practice. He did individual drills today. One, when you got the news about Tyree Wilson, were you surprised saying that they're going up to against the Rams in these joint practices? 
Yeah, uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, it was lining up with the timeline. Uh, I felt pretty strongly coming into this week that we would probably see Tyree Wilson. And, you know, I don't think it was it was by design or by plan that it was today uh, against the Rams that, you know, that, that he was finally cleared to play. I think it was just literally the timing of it all, you know. And, and a lot of these things, all of them, when it comes to injuries like this, are left up to the training staff and the medical staff. That's who has to... Uh, get you cleared. It has nothing to do with Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziegler or even Tyree Wilson, for that matter, in terms of getting the clearance. That's all a, a decision that the training staff makes. And it just so happened to be that his first day of practice was uh, a day that the Raiders practiced against the Rams. And what was what was you know uh, interesting about it is you could tell that he's he's being eased back into this a little bit because he didn't take. He didn't participate in any of the drills against the Rams. It was all individual stuff against his teammates. So he's not ready yet to go compete uh, against another team, at least not today. We'll see if that changes tomorrow. Well, I'll tell you this. I saw your video of him hitting the grass for the first time, and he looked like a monster. You were up close and personal, man. What did, what did Tyree Wilson look like to you? Well, even on the sidelines, you know, standing with some Rams people, it was like, holy cow, who's 19? You know, uh, one of those types of things, because he does jump right at you, out uh, at you. This dude is a big old dude. Do I have his number correctly? Is it nine, nine or 19? Was, nine. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's it. He makes nine look like two numbers. <laughs> to, um, like, <laughs> that's how – I'm not kidding around. He is a big dude. And uh, and there were – even early on and, uh, you know, watching him right now, and it's going to get better, obviously, for him. But there's also an explosive to uh, explosiveness to him. He's got length. Uh, he's, he's not just tall and lanky. He's put together as well. So – you look at him, and, uh, you know, there, there aren't many guys that pass the eyeball test like he does. So uh, if he could play as good as he looks, watch out. And so finally, when it comes to Tyree Wilson, I threw this question out there earlier for Raider Nation to chime in on. What are your expectations this season? How do you think that this staff uses Tyree Wilson? I think um, it's, it's, that's all on Tyree Wilson. I, I honestly think the sky is the limit. Like, like I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to have 20 sacks as a rookie. Right, right, right. Like that. Yeah. Um, but I, you, know, you watch him, you watch the tape, and then you physically look at him up close and in person. And if you can put it together and get on the right track here, you know, catch up. Obviously, he's got some catching up to do. He hasn't been in a uniform since November of last year, and that was at Texas Tech. So there's right. there's some catching up to do. But the season's long enough for him to do that. And by at some point, you know, when when it all kind of lines up for for Tyree Wilson, you know, and hopefully for the Raiders that's sooner rather than later, I think he's going to make an impact. Initially, as somebody that comes in uh, to sell a Chandler Jones, to sell a, a Max Crosby, but, you know, it didn't be too long before we start seeing all three of those guys on the field together and no passing downs, and, and that might be some havoc that the Raiders haven't been able to uh, to create in a long time. Yeah, that's called that old NASCAR package that the Giants uh, used to use back in the day. I'd love to see the Raiders be able to implement that with uh, Chandler, Max, and also Tyree Wilson. We're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Of course, you can check out Vinny in the morning on the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., and you can read all his work in the Las Vegas Review Journal. So to the practice, and my understanding, it wasn't the greatest practice for the Raiders. I think that's okay. How did you see kind of it change from the beginning of the practice towards the end when it seemed like the Raiders might have picked up their energy a little bit? Yeah, it got it got moderately uh, better, and I and I think um, what's what's you know if you're thinking of things you know in, in the big picture sense, you know you can almost say that today was a little bit of a positive because we saw a noticeable difference between how they have been practicing and performing and today. 
Um, whereas some of these types of practices that we saw today were kind of, I wouldn't say the norm, but, you know, there were more of them in the mm-hmm. past. Today was conspicuous because we've been used to a pretty high level that they've been playing at both on both sides of the ball and consistently uh, uh, in terms of recently. Uh, coming off the practices that they had against the 49ers, the performance they had on Sunday against the 49ers, it feels like they're trying to build or maybe even building a little bit of a standard for themselves. And today they fell short of that, and you can you could visibly uh, see it. It wasn't awful. I'm not sitting here and saying it was an awful practice. It just wasn't up to snuff compared to what they've been putting out there um, all the way through training camp. And I think what's also encouraging about it is you didn't have to tell the Raiders about that. It's not like when we talked to Max Crosby or Roger Teamer or, or DeAndre Carter afterwards, we had to pry it out of them. They were literally saying, today wasn't a good day for us, and that was unacceptable. We need to do better tomorrow. You know, and, and uh, there's a standard around here. We didn't, we didn't meet it, and uh, we don't feel good about it. That's their own words without us really prying at all, which tells me that there is a standard that's being set. And for them to, to own it, you know, without even really being asked about it, I think it's a positive sign in the whole scheme of things. I do as well, you know, and I kind of started the show with that, saying, hey, as long as you can recognize that you didn't have a good day and go back and know how to correct it and know what you did wrong and know why you did it wrong, that is a positive, and that's what training camp is all about. Another surprise that I had today, again from a distance, is that Devontae Adams was out there practicing, and, you know, we saw him on Sunday at Allegiant, but he was kind of walking around with the sleeve on. What did you see from Devontae? How good did he look? Yeah, Devontae did not have a bad day or a slow day. (laughs) Uh, he looked like Devontae. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll say this. I talked to some people, um, you know, in and around Devontae. And, and here's the thing. He, he knows that, first of all, there was no way he was going to miss a practice. He's just not wired that way. But mm-hmm. in talking to some people um, you know, that, uh, that have been talking to Devontae, um, I think last night, you know, type of thing. And, and he understands, here's the thing, he understands, like, there's people that are looking at him younger players that are looking at him, and um, he's going to show them the way. And the message today was, yeah, you know, I, I may not even be 100%. I got hurt. Everyone saw it. There were dudes taking the knee, you know, around him on both teams, right? you know, on, on Friday, making sure that Devontae Adams was okay. And he kind of struggled to the sidelines and limped off the field, and everyone thought, oh, probably not going to see Devontae for a while. Well, he understands that, and he's like, I'm not going to let that happen. And so there's your standard guy behind me and guy behind that guy and so on and so forth across this locker room that if you're not going to practice, it better be for a good reason. It better be something serious to keep you off the practice field. And if Devontae Adams isn't going to let something like that stop him from practicing, then nobody else has an excuse to let anything else below that keep them from practicing. So just understand what I'm saying, that Devontae understands that people are watching him and he was going to send the right message today, not the wrong one. That's a great nugget, man. It really is. Again, if, if, if it's good enough for Devontae, if he can go out there as good as he is, he's not a guy fighting for a job. We know what Devontae brings to the table. If he's willing to get out there, even with a little bit of bumps and bruises, may not feel 100%, then why shouldn't you be out there if you have a couple bumps and bruises and may not feel 100%? I think that's a great nugget. It's a great message that Devontae sent to the rest of the team, especially the guys that are behind him. Really good stuff. Again, Vinny Bonsignor joins us here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So, Jimmy G, what did you see from Jimmy G in general? Did he have an okay day, bad day? What do you think? Yeah, I thought he had a pretty decent day. Um, he had a, a 70-yard throw to uh, uh, Bill Thurstead. He had a couple of nice uh, connections with Devontae Adams down the field. Um, so, you know, from his perspective, it wasn't it wasn't a bad – and that was, that's the other thing. It wasn't a horrible day. 
wasn't as crisp as it had been um, across the board, even on you know, especially on defense too. And I got to tip my hat to uh, to Matthew Stafford. He looks like he's back to being Matthew Stafford. I was talking to some Rams people, and like he was never healthy last year, mm-hmm. and now he's healthy, and he looks like 2020 Matthew Stafford, 2021 Matthew Stafford, not definitely not last year's Matthew Stafford. So I think he had a little lesson, you know, for uh, for the Raiders uh, today, and um, you know he's not Trey Lance, he's not uh, uh, you know uh, anybody that the 49ers had out there at quarterback last week is Matthew Stafford, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he looked really good. So you got to tip your cap. Uh, to him as well, but it was just again going even even with Jimmy and, and it just it just wasn't quite up to snuff. I don't know if there's a better way to say that it wasn't horrible. It just wasn't at the at the standard that the Raiders have set for themselves, uh, and they weren't happy about that. All right, final question for you, Vinny. I want to stick with the quarterback position. Last week at 49ers joint practice with the Raiders, you saw a lot of Jimmy G and you saw a lot of uh, Brian Hoyer. Not much uh, Aiden O'Connell, not much uh, Chase Garbers, if any. And then you saw what happened on Sunday. Uh, uh, Aiden O'Connell went out and played just about the whole game. So what was the split like when it comes to the reps at the quarterback position? Was it similar to what we saw last week, or was there more Aiden O'Connell added to the mix? Yeah, no, 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 no. There wasn't. It was. It was pretty much the same exact. Um, you know, I almost feel bad for Aiden because he had some really nice throws today, but there were there were a couple of drops. Um, so he didn't get uh, much help from the guys he was throwing to. It wasn't anybody like Devontae or anybody like that. It was more yeah. of the the reserve crew. But uh, but yeah, he had actually a nice day when he was out there. Which he, a lot. he was put the ball where it needed to be put. A lot of help from uh, some of his guys, but uh, I would expect that they're going to probably follow the same exact blueprint that they had last week against the 49ers. I think you're going to see a whole lot of Aiden O'Connell on Saturday at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I was hoping he was going to get a little bit more reps. Maybe he will tomorrow, but uh, we'll see. You know, I, I think Brian Hoyer at this stage doesn't need to get a ton of the joint practice snaps. I think that Aiden O'Connell should get a little bit more, but I'm not a coach. I'm just the guy standing behind the microphone talking. So there's that. Vinny, what are you working on, man, that uh, we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, just, just you know, uh, kind of uh, putting, putting uh, it all into context, kind of the day that the Raiders had and uh, and why, as we were talking about earlier, you know, first of all, Max Crosby kind of stirring things up a little bit. I think that was a little bit of a message, you know, to his teammates to, to start, you know, uh, uh, getting fired up. Him and Cam Akers got into it a little bit. Uh, but then also I think the, the, the positive of, they know. They didn't need to be told that it was a bad day. They're going to have to go sit there, probably right now as we speak, looking at the film and doing over it. Not liking it again upon further review. Uh, but back to the day, like you said, owned it, and are, we'll see tomorrow if they're willing to go ahead and correct it. I think is a, is, is a positive. Yeah, I agree. Vinny, great stuff, man, and uh, great job being our eyes and ears out there. We'll check in with you tomorrow, brother. I appreciate you. All right, sounds good. Have a great show, guys. All right, man, there he goes, Vinny Bonsignor right there. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at Vinny Bonsignor. Of course, his work that he's writing on right now, uh, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, you can find it and hear him on the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 2.45 is the time. We'll look for caller number nine real quick. We'll, give you, we'll get you qualified for four tickets to the Aviators game. I'm feeling a little froggy, so why don't we go ahead and leap, man. It's a little summer of fun. I'm feeling good about myself. I want to get you one step closer to that five-day Caribbean cruise from Miami, then including the airfare to Miami, or you could just take $3,000 cash. Of course, this is all brought to you by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing, G-O-E-T-T-L. I'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Call number nine, 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. I, I'm telling you, I swear to God, on my life, what? On my life, bro, I probably got 10 sacks today by myself. Really? I want, I want y'all to watch this. 
bro. You wanna watch? You mic'd up? Yeah. No, you just showed him. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Quentin Williams, Hard Knocks, saying he got 10 sacks by himself right there. Look, he's got to be feeling good about himself. He got the bag in the offseason. So Quentin Williams is feeling good. He was a guy that, man, I sure was hoping he was going to fall to number four when he was drafted. Unfortunately, the Jets got him at number three. Man, that's a heck of an addition right there. And that's part of why that Jets defense is really, really good. But how did he get those 10 sacks in practice by himself, as he mentioned? As I said in the, earlier in the beginning of the show, the Jets' offensive line stinks. Their offensive line is terrible. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that he probably came away with 10 sacks in practice because, again, that offensive line couldn't protect anything. So there's that. They've got to address that quick, fast, and hurry. Big shout-out to my man Carlos. He uh, is registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game, which is one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun. You want to go on that five-day Caribbean cruise from Miami. You want to get that airfare to Miami. You want to get that $3,000 cash. Well, the first step is getting qualified for the four tickets to the Aviators game. So Carlos got hooked up with that. We got more winning on the way. We have Jessica Mendoza from ESPN coming up at the top of the hour to talk about the Little League World Series. Henderson lost today. She was on the call for the game. So we'll ask her about the Little League World Series, what she saw from Henderson, what she saw from Rhode Island, and just the probably the last pure form of athleticism that's just meant to be fun. Little League World Series. Everything has become a business, and I'm not doubting that there's a business behind the Little League World Series as well. But, man, if there's anything that's closer to just being for fun, (laughs) that's exactly what it is. I also threw the question out there about Tyree Wilson being off the NFI list. Now he's cleared to practice. He went up in individual drills today against the Rams. So what are your expectations and desires from him? Dobiebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Glenn in San Jose. Say, what up, Q? I think start Tyree as a third down specialist to cause confusion for offenses. And, and Glenn, we're reading the same playbook. I'm thinking, especially early on in, in, in the regular season, as long as he's out there, I think that that's a great place for him. You get him out there at third, third down, third and long, and he can just pin his ears back, and you got Chandler screaming off one side, you got Max screaming off another side, and oh, by the way, you throw the big fella out there too. Come on. I think that's a great opportunity for him. And even if he goes in and maybe spells uh, uh, Chandler a couple times, or maybe even Max every once in a while. I don't think Max is going to come off the field. But, you know, if he has that opportunity third down, just pin your ear back and go. Like, it's not a whole lot of thinking. Just go. Mission is get to the quarterback. I think that that's a really good way to start him off as well, kind of a third down specialist. And that's why I'm not putting the 10-sack total on him. I'm thinking more around four or five for the season. We'll kind of let you know where Tyree Wilson is. But you can see – the way he plays, he can either be Arden Key when he was with the Raiders. I have to say that because he's actually started to play a little bit better now that he's left the silver and black. But Arden Key was always that guy who was like, almost there, almost there, almost there. Well, you don't want Tyree Wilson to be Mr. Almost. You want to see that he has uh, production ability and that he's getting opportunities to get to the quarterback, uh, even if it's in a limited amount of snaps. Uh, one more one more text from Snake Man. Two things. Raider need, Raiders need a speed edge rusher. Kuntz is the only guy in the roster besides Max who has juice. And uh, regarding the offensive line, Heron looked inadequate at best versus the 49ers. Mumford really needs to seize that right tackle spot. Illuminor more valuable as a chess piece. Door open now for Big Dog Wag. That's a snake man right there. Thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't too, uh, too pleased with what I, what I saw from Justin Heron. 
I'll tell you that. I didn't, I didn't think he was looking too good at all. Uh, Mumford, I think everyone wants him to win that job, and Jermaine Illuminor, like you said, is probably the ultimate chess piece. Snake Man, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Keep that feedback coming, 69187, keyword R&R. Jessica, Jessica Mendoza is up next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.